Hello, it's me, Dave Berry. Now, I know I don't usually pop up on your devices around now, but here I am, so hi. And I'm here to tell you about my brand new podcast, Dave Berry's Dad Pod. I would love for you to give it a listen. There's an episode waiting for you right now, and it features national treasure, Emma Willis. Enjoy. Don't tell me this now. Save this. Save this for the pod. (laughs) Right. Yeah. I'll introduce... Hello and thank you for downloading this episode of My Dad Pod, brought to you by Royal London. My name is Dave Berry and I recently became a father for the first time to a wonderful little human being called Evangeline. And that's why I wanted to create a place for all people to come and celebrate the wonderful, exciting, sometimes scary, but absolute joy of fatherhood. Each episode I will be joined by a special guest and friend to talk all things dad. And today I'm joined by a borderline national treasure. Say that with a straight face. Go on, I dare you. No, I wrote it with a straight face or straight pen, (laughs) but now you're sat in front of me chewing on chicken nuggets, which is the most unprofessional, unnational treasure thing I've ever seen. They're (laughs) gluten-free. A broadcaster who rose to prominence on MTV, her CV now reads like a collection of the UK's favourite primetime television shows, from Big Brother to The Voice, and most recently announced as a new host of The Circle. She also happens to be one of the first people I messaged when I found out that we were pregnant. Oh! It's Emma Willis. (laughs) Is that true? It is true, Emma. Oh, How are you? I'm good. I want to meet your baby. Oh, I can't wait for you to meet my baby. It's your fault for moving out to the countryside. <laughs> I know. I know. <laughs> no, not I... at all. We, we're just... We're, I, I heard I... you were moving into the area, so I was off. <laughs> House prices plummet. Is it Brexit? No, it's Berry. Um, Emma, it's lovely seeing you. And it's thank funny you for... seeing you... Sorry to interrupt. No, go It's on. funny seeing you talk about things like this. Well, that's why I wanted to do the podcast. Being all, like, serious it... dad mode. Like, it's so... It's alien, it's odd, to me, isn't it? To see Instead of just messing around <laughs> with people in bands. Yeah, but it's great. Well, thank you. It's the making of a man, isn't it? It feels that way. And mm. I need help and I need advice and I need guidance and I'm interested in other people's journeys. And right. that's why I wanted to do this podcast. You've got three children. I do. Uh, you're a mum to two daughters, Isabel, who's 10, yes. Trixie Grace, who's three. Yeah. And you have a son named Ace. I do. Who's seven. Yeah. Let me ask you this. As a parent, how do you see the role of dad in their lives? Oh, he's like the fourth child. <laughs> he is. Okay. But like in, I'm going to write a, that one down. Let's yeah, permission to be, be the other kid. <laughs> okay. And that for me is perfect because I think he has such a fantastic bond and relationship with them because he can get down on their level. Do you know what I mean? And yeah. When they want fun they go to him makes me feel sensationally boring because i'm like oh i'm that one am i that tells them off and makes sure the washing's done and okay <laughs> i but, am but... the quintessential mum and i think security that's what i've always had from my dad and that's like matt is just always there and always fun and i'm quite jealous of that <laughs> the dad in question is Matt Willis, best known for being in the band Busted. Yeah. And, you know, I, I know Matt, and he's always been such a fun guy, but I haven't seen him really in the role of dad because we haven't had those family moments, you and I, together. Yeah. So it's quite nice to hear that his personality has, has taken right to fatherhood and he's stayed the same person that he was. Yeah, totally. To- without, without help. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's such a fantastic thing to do because it's very easy to become 
parent and go into parent mode and be serious and and I kind of you know I I watch him sometimes when I'm in that kind of mode of I've got to make sure this is done I've got to get that load of washing out I've got to make sure the bed's done and he's just like on the floor rolling around and I'm like oh okay I need to be that a little bit more it's great. Well, mm, he's not coming out of this well so far on the dad <laughs> no, pod. No, no, he is because he does all that other stuff as well. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? If I write a list for him, he does it. And yeah. he's great with a list. Which um, And we know our places. But I wish I had all of the kind of... I think I've forgotten how to be a kid, but he still remembers it whilst being a grown-up. And that is a, a brilliant thing to marry together, I think, when you're a dad. I completely understand what you mean. Do you? Did you? Uh, no, I, <laughs> I, I do know what you mean. And, and it's really well put. And it's it's an interesting look into to, to how you would feel as a mum, or not even a mum, but as part of a partnership. Because I suppose yeah. whoever that person is can flip between the role in whichever parent they are. Yeah. Did you navigate your way through this? Did you find that these were the roles that you slipped into by accident? Did one day you just woke up and Isabel was two and you suddenly realised that this is now who you are as a couple, these are your defined roles? I realised that I had become my mum. OK. <laughs> you know my mum. I do, I know Cathy very she's well. She's a great woman. She and um, And I, I am very much my mum when she was my age. I say things now, I've done that absolute thing where I go, I'm my mum. I remember my mum saying these things to me. But now my mum is obviously a grandmother and she has almost probably become who she was in her 20s. Like, the mum bit has gone and she's super amazingly fun again. So I think I'm in that role of being that mum where I have to be, like, you know, mum. And in about 10 years, I can start going out again and having really good fun. (laughs) I'll be there. (laughs) You'll have to wait a little bit longer because you're still a baby. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I've got a long time to wait. So I'm quite happy with that role because no, my mum is be. like my hero and my idol. So I'm more than happy to kind of be her because I think she did a really great job with us. So what was it like growing up in Birmingham in the Griffiths household? I imagine our household was very similar to your growing up household because I feel like you are super close with your family and your mum and dad and your sister are your world, uh-huh. and you're the best of mates, and you do everything together, and you want to hang out together all the time. That's the impression I got from you when we used to work together years ago. That's um, true, yes. And that is very much... I'm, I'm glad that that's the impression that you got from me. That's that's nice to hear. Was it right? Yeah, it's absolutely right. Okay, yeah, good. It's lovely to hear. Uh, well, mine is exactly the same, and we still do it. Like We go on holiday together every year. They're the people I talk to every day. They're my family, but they're my best friends. So I had a very normal, working-class, balanced upbringing. With you being the middle of three daughters, how did it work out vying for your dad Steve's attention? Did, was <laughs> I there, mean, all, I just was there always him. a winner? Or <laughs> no, because my dad—you know my dad as well—he's a very placid man, isn't he? Yeah, he's but that doesn't mean laid. that the kids aren't going to want to fight it out for for his attention. Yeah, um, I think he was quite happy. They didn't. We weren't doing that. <laughs> he was like, "Just leave me alone and shut up." Right. Okay. <laughs> he he's a funny one, my dad, because he's he's very placid and he's very laid back, and he is consistently kind of strong, supportive, like perfect dad, really. So we didn't really have to ever fight for his attention. We weren't those kind of kids. We just kind of all got on and moseyed on through. But what was funny was when me and my sisters and my mum would be upstairs having a little gossip when we were teenagers about boys or whatever. We'd just hear these footsteps coming upstairs and he'd just want to be involved. And I'm like, hold on, you're not into, like, 
<laughs> talking about boys and stuff like that. You don't normally want in on those conversations, but he hates missing out. Dad's wants to be part of the gang and too. And he is in part of the gang. In a house full of daughters. I and, know, yeah. but he's got a couple of grandsons now, so I think he's... And Matt. Yeah, and, yeah which mean, is really yeah. nice. Can you see uh, any similarities between the way in which Steve, your, your dad was, and you, you see Matt with, with your kids? <clears throat> yeah, I mean, very tactile, loads of love and patience, I think. My dad has got so much patience. And as somebody who gets very stressed and wound up very quickly by homework... My dad would sit with us for hours when I was going, don't get it, I don't get it. And you could see him take a deep breath and he'd just sit with you again for hours and hours because that maths equation was just not registering because you're not academic, Emma. Just get it in your head. Well, I was going to say, as maths obviously became your big passion in life. <laughs> <laughs> um, and he was just so patient. And I see that in Matt as well. He's very patient. And because we are around my parents a lot, I think Matt, I see him learning from my dad. He's learned how to put pictures up. My dad's very good at DIY. Oh, okay. He's a very good handyman. That's nice. He taught me about plugs and light bulbs and everything. And now he's teaching Matt because Matt doesn't know about things like that. Well, it's it's just really nice. I think anyone would feel fortunate to be part of a family unit, yeah. which the one like you, you know the one you're painting right here, which is lovely. You're saying that your dad is passing on these tidbits, and he'd sit and do your homework with yeah. you at length. Yeah. Did you ever go to work with your dad? What did, what did he do? What does he do? Well, he doesn't work now. He's retired. But he used to be a driver for British Gas years ago. So I never really went to work with him because no. he was always driving a big old lorry. But, but did they... you never get to sit in the lorry? Surely that's exciting, isn't it, for a kid? No. No, OK, fair enough. <laughs> I, did, I had very simple needs like, <laughs> as a child. What? I wanted to watch Rainbow instead. <laughs> um, oh, my God, I'm old. Um... No, but they did used to have, like, a Christmas party at the gas club every year. So we'd all kind of go to things like that. And my mum worked in a hospital, and they had the kind of social club there. So, yeah, those were the times that we used to go there. So, no, I never used to hang out with him at work. But he comes and hangs out with me at work. See, Is he that... allowed to? Is he welcome with open arms by the floor manager I mean, and always. the producers? When we're, when we're filming at Elstree, which is where we film a lot for Big Brother and, and The Voice, security don't stop them anymore. They just let them in, my mum and dad, because they're there so much. Oh, I know. That's so sweet. But it, it's kind of like the, the roles have reversed. Like I said with my mum, she's kind of almost reliving her youth again because her responsibilities are grown up and they have their own responsibilities now in the form of us and our kids. Um, my dad is the same, so he was always, you know, the responsible one and he looked after us and we would turn up drunk and be sick in bed and he'd clean us up and look after us. Now, my dad comes to a rap party and will go home in a cab and he's sick in the back of the car. <laughs> so he's become the teenager. That happened three months ago. Which show was it? It wasn't for a show. It was... He's been sick a couple of times. <laughs> wow. Like, he proper... <laughs> I just see my mum looking at him going, Steve, you've had enough. Stop it. He's like, I'm all right. I'm all right. They'll have another cheeky one without seeing. Um, I had a launch for for next for a clothing line, and in one of my party bags, he chundered no. in the car on the way home. Yeah. In, well, I didn't want to ruin the, the car, Willis so he did it. I emptied the bag, bag before he puked in it. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so he, yeah, roles reverse. How so you have fun when you're younger, Dave. Yeah. You become a parent, it stops. But then when you become a grandparent, you're going to have fun again. Great. <laughs> Not Yay. long. <laughs> Evangeline is six months old at time of record, everybody. <laughs> Let's keep it on Dad, shall yeah. we? I'm interested to know, because the kind of beginning for you, really, was you're a model, yeah. you're with an agency, 
you're told by the agency that you're probably going to get the most work by moving to New York and living there for a period of time. Yeah. And at that time, you were how old? Uh, when I moved to New York, I was 20. 20. So how did your parents feel about <laughs> you at 20 flying 4,000 miles away and setting up a new home there? <laughs> they weren't too... Did you even tell them? <laughs> <laughs> Bye. I think they would have been absolutely petrified had I have left the family home to do that. But I'd lived in London for three years before that. So I left home at 17 um, and just went and lived on my own in a model flat in London. And when I think now that in seven years, my eldest might ask me to do the same. Yeah. And I'm like, no, you're going to be locked in your bedroom till you're 25. <laughs> I don't know how, I don't know how they let me do it. Because at the time, I'm like, well, I'm big and I'm clever and I'm 17 and I'm fine. Yeah. Of course I can go to London. Mm. Um, but now I'm a parent. It fills me with dread when I have to let my kids go. Would you say that that is... Because personally, I believe it's one of the greatest gifts I think parents in any shape or form can give their kid, which is belief in them and freedom. And trust. And trust mm. to go and do what they want to do, what they believe they want to be doing at that young age. Yeah. Because as you say, I think about going on, like, you know, a boy's trip when I was 17 to Magaluf. And that's <laughs> only 16 and a half years away from actually. <laughs> <laughs> to pick up on what you were saying, Emma. Yeah. Are you joking? Are you going to be absolutely supportive of what the kids need to do. And are you joking as in, of course you're going to do that? Or is there a genuine fear about that time coming when you are going to have to trust in them to go and make those decisions for themselves? I think it's a bit of both, isn't it? I am partially joking, but I like to think you lead by example. So I couldn't, if when Isabel's 17, she turns around and says, well, I want to go and do this. I would be a hypocrite to say no, because I had that support and trust from my parents. But I think I had that support and trust from my parents because they had raised me in a certain way where I was always very open and honest with them and told them about little stories that might worry other parents. But because they felt like they were in the know with what was happening with my mm. life as a teenager, they thought, she's got her head screwed on, she's not stupid, we can let her move to London. And I know it's only a couple of hours away and people go to uni all the time, but I think when you do have to let your kid go, it must be absolutely terrifying i've seen my sister just do it with her son luke is at university no <laughs> yes but luke's he's he, only no, he's five. 21 in <laughs> right, september okay. Dave. my goodness um, yeah and he's he's gone to uni and she's like oh my god i'm terrified i'm terrified he can't look after himself i'm like he can and mm. unless you let them mm. do it you're gonna just smother them in cotton wool mm. their whole life and they're never really gonna learn so yes i imagine it's terrifying but yes i'll absolutely support them 100 percent because i hope that i've raised them in the right way. Well, I'm sure to... I'm sure you and Matt have done just that. And by encouraging them and supporting them in doing these things, you're going to end up, I like to think, with a better human being. Yeah. There'll be a better adult <laughs> for the world to enjoy. And someone that can communicate with you rather than just saying, no, no, you're not doing that. Why? Why? Well, um, do you know what? If you don't let me do it, I'm just going to go and do it anyway. Yeah. So it's a two-way street. It's it's totally. raising them right and trusting them and being open and then being open with you as a parent. Yeah, but then that opens opens a whole can of worms. Is how do you raise someone right? There's no book. There's no right or wrong. You just got to go with it and see what happens. And that's also what's terrifying. Well, yes, that that's why it was kind of one of my first questions. You know, navigating your way through parenthood is it 
it's partly trial and error, isn't it? 100%. Or 100% trial and error. 100% trial and error. <laughs> I'm kind of going off the Kathy and Steve Griffiths book of child raising and just hoping that it kind of works out. But you never know what it's going to throw at you. So you just got to trust your gut. We just touched on, of course, kids getting to that age where they want to go away and they want to experience the world and they want to do things. At this early stage in their lives, what are your children showing an interest in becoming when they get a little bit older? Um, Isabel wants to... Oh, she's very dramatic, Dave. <laughs> I don't know where she gets it from. Um, her dad. Emma just uh, pressed the back of her hand to her forehead and looked <laughs> off into the distance when she said that, by the way, dear listener. She just likes attention. I'm not sure, I'm not sure how she's like that. She, um, she loves acting and singing and dancing and performing and she has, she has a very natural ability at it, which as somebody who hosts a singing show and a dad who is in a band and also acts, I think we're probably quite critical of, of being realistic with her... You don't mean like she's sung something to you in the front room you've turned your chair around? <laughs> yes! <laughs> You're through! Uh, no, but, you know, I think we're, we're very realistic with her and, you know, lots of people think their kids are fabulously talented at everything and, and a lot of them probably are, but a lot of them probably aren't and I think the best thing is a nice old reality check to keep their feet on the ground. So um, It's it, nice to hear someone in your position. <laughs> genuinely, it's nice to hear someone in your position say that because I think... A lot of people are left hung out to dry because they've been given unrealistic Views reviews of what they're capable of. And yeah. I think sometimes it's, it can be bordering on cruel. Well, that's the thing. I would hate to kind of blow smoke up her ass, if we can say that, and tell her she's absolutely fantastic at everything. And then her really love and dream of doing this thing that she actually isn't very good at. I don't think that would be very fair on her at all and her mentality. So... Yeah, we're very honest. But saying that, she's very good. Is she? <laughs> yeah. Okay, all of that said, she, she is. is the best I've ever she, seen. No, no, not the best I've ever seen. But she she has potential, I think. So so she wants to do that. My son wants to be a fashion designer and wow. has wanted to be for two years. We thought it was just a little kind of, oh, he's five, he likes to draw. But it's all he draws is dresses and clothes. And he has little models and he makes them. And he has a sewing machine and we're going to get him lessons. I mean, who doesn't want to wear Ace Willis? Do you know what I mean? I mean... That's a cool. Name. I mean, he has a muse right here. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, he's he's a beautiful, kind, gentle spirit, and oh. he hasn't got a bad bone in his body. And I mean, he's like me. Um, he's just seriously what a wonderful little creature, and his mind is just so wide and open and creative that I just want to kind of keep it like that and not put him in this tiny little box of you can only do this. Great. And Trixie, I mean, I don't know. She's going to be a... She's climb Everest, I think. Oh, wow, OK. Yeah. Trixie celebrated her birthday recently. You posted you had a Paw Patrol party. Yes. Because of my two nieces, I'm very au fait with the worlds of Paw Patrol <laughs> and uh, PJ Mask is another yes. one that makes an appearance regularly. Yeah. What are the things that they're into now that you recall playing with when you were around their age? Did you have favourite toys and things that you craved and begged mum and dad for when you were a kid? Um... I remember just having lots of games. Board I think games. maybe because I can't really remember. <laughs> it was such a long time ago, being really young. But I remember that age of kind of board games like Connect Four and Operation and Buckaroo and stuff like that. Yeah. And 
I've kind of been waiting for that period to come so I can play it again. Yeah. And I'm here because I've got a seven and a ten-year-old. Congratulations. So it's great. Welcome Trixie back to Buckaroo. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's very different though now. It's hot, quite hard to load. What, a buckaroo? Things change. It's like wagon wheels got smaller, right? Yeah. Well, it's because your hands have got bigger, I think, since you were a child. But... <laughs> That's a very I am good no point. doctor. <laughs> but, uh, yes. They're definitely grown. I'm just going to interrupt my chat with Emma Willis to take a little moment to tell you about our friends, Royal London, who sponsor my dad pod. If you're anything like me, since becoming a parent, you've no doubt started thinking about your future, finances, stuff like that. I know it can all be a bit scary. But Royal London have been helping people plan for their financial goals for over 150 years. So they've seen it all and they know what they're doing. They don't have shareholders, so they're always looking for the best way to help their customers. Whether you're after insurance, pensions or investments, they're there to help. Find out more at royallondon.com. Right, back to the podcast. We touched on how the worlds that you and Matt are in have a, a reflection on the worlds that your children are looking at getting into, mm. whether that be fashion or music performance. Do you let them watch the stuff you make on television? And how do they react when they see Mummy on TV? Or is that just... Half of the course, that's just what mummy yeah, does. They've kind of just grown up like it, I think, because I didn't. I kind of had kids when I couldn't get a job for love nor money. And then, literally, a year after I had Isabel, it all just started happening. So they have just kind of grown up knowing that that's what we do and, and seeing it. Trixie's just starting to figure it out because last year she was probably too young when Big Brother was on, but now she's kind of. She's turned three now. So she's like, that's mummy on the telly or that's mummy in a picture but they obviously never watch big brother do they no of course not <laughs> but they watch the voice and they, they love the voice kids but their attention span for it and they like to talk over it and i get cross <laughs> shut up and appreciate what i'm doing i have to watch your school plays <laughs> i'm about to make a quip to will i am so could you keep it down i'm crying here <laughs> That's um, funny. Yeah, they love Britain's Got Talent, though. I'm like, I don't bloody work on that one. God, it's the only one that got away. I know! <laughs> do they like Dad's music? They do. Good. They, and Isabel loves going to gigs. Ace falls asleep halfway through every single one of them. Do they have the little noise-cancelling headphones? I can't wait to see Evangeline in a pair and of they those. They do. Ace wears them, but Isabel is like... She's going to be a festival goer, I think. Right, she's okay. like, I am not putting those on my head. She's in the mosh pit. <laughs> she is. Bless her. Talking about your amazing career and the shows that you do and you, you choose to do, Delivering Babies was a real passion project yeah. on W. What an incredible series. And when I first saw it, I wasn't a parent. Mm -hmm. But because I knew you, I was invested in it. But I rewatched it in preparation for us mm -hmm. to do this podcast. And I watched it where you met the babies. I watched them meet the yeah, babies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the combination of knowing you and now being a dad, I was in bits. Were you? Oh my goodness, Emma! It's such. I'm a, it's so such. Happy. It's such. Please don't be. <laughs> it's such beautiful TV. I, I was really impressed by it when I looked at the notes I'd made after watching it that you managed to get Bros a mention. Did I? <laughs> yeah. You say Matt and Luke, and then you looked oh, into yes. the camera and went Bros, Bros. Yeah, which yeah, I know yeah, were your yeah, favourites yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah, back yeah. in the day. So that yeah. was very impressive. <laughs> what different types of dads? did you encounter whilst working on those shows? I mean, you meet all sorts of dads, but for me, one of, obviously birth is 
and you will know this now, the most incredible thing to witness in your whole life. Because yes. it changes you 100% from the person you are to the person you become and how much you appreciate your other half, right? Agreed on every level. Okay, good. Then it's working well. <laughs> um, and that was kind of why I wanted to do it, because I wanted to see birth happen, because I'd had it happen to me, but didn't see anything. But aside from the actual act of birth, what gets me every time is the dads. I mean, I could cry thinking about the dads. And it's what's quite funny is how they are with you beforehand. So you can have really emotional dads that think that they're, they're not going to be able to handle it or they're going to pass out or you get the kind of macho dads who are like, oh, I've seen it all before. I don't need to be there. I'm going to wait down the pub. And you're like, you're going to cry like a baby. And it's watching that transition of what happens to them the minute their child enters the world. Mm. Like, that is one of my favourite things to watch. Oh, and it's one of the I know and it's one of the things that honestly will make me cry every single time because Mm. you see that I feel for dads as well because bugger all you can do (laughs) do you know what I mean apart from be be there there. be supportive get a drink rub her back or whatever Mm. it is that you need to do and I'm just like oh I just want to hold you and tell you it's it's all right this is all okay (laughs) everything's gonna be fine but it is it's beautiful that immediate afterbirth bubble when it's just you and your partner and this amazing little creature that you've just made together Mm. and comes into the world nothing I think can get into it it's just the three of you or the four of you Um, and it's just something about that it's like that half an hour or golden hour I suppose shortly after Evangeline was born I I called um, Sarah Jane's parents first obviously then I called my dad and the first thing my dad said to me was see I told you it's the best thing ever isn't it oh look at you getting on a mow Let's move on, shall we? Do a chicken nugget. (laughs) Stop plying me with chicken nuggets. (laughs) Well, I think that if we keep it on that particular TV series, and as I say, I watched Meet the Babies recently, and I think one of the reasons that you're, you're so loved is that people can see that you are able to be emotionally invested in people's stories and what's going on on a genuine level because Mm. you're a genuine person but also you're very funny and um, there's a bit in it where having had three kids one couple were talking about having a vasectomy and as you left their house you went snip snip at the dad (laughs) and mimed scissors and I think that's one of the greatest outwards (laughs) I've seen in British television in a decade I mean how we didn't win a BAFTA I don't know (laughs) but you just went snip snip (laughs) like really threatening like I was imagining getting into bed that evening and you just pop up and go, don't forget, don't forget, Simon, snip, snip. Yeah, yeah, I mean, they, they were a fantastic couple, actually. They all were. Like, they all came across know, so they, well. They were all brilliant. And I think that the fact that they allow you into the most personal moment in their lives together is just overwhelming. So to be able to go back and meet them was lovely. But they were very, very fun, a funny couple, so I knew that I could get away with it. When you're working... Yeah. And you're maybe working away. Mm-hmm. Do you look at that as a little bit of you time in a hotel room or do you miss your children terribly? That's me time. That's sleep time. Yeah. You know, you're working away and everyone's like, oh, should we go out for dinner? Should we go and have a drink? I'm like, I'm having room service <laughs> and I'll be asleep by 10. <laughs> and I get full night's sleep without any interruptions apart from going to the toilet because that's what happens after you have a baby. Right, OK. It's good. We're getting into the minutiae sure here. Lots of, <laughs> lots of juicy details. Yeah. Um, we've been getting some valuable dad advice, as it's been called. Benedict Cumberbatch said, sleep when they sleep. Yeah. 
That's as you've one. just said, make sure you're building some napping time into your day to avoid going insane, were his exact words. Yeah. What would your dad vice slash mum vice be? to me and to to parents listening right now well matt and i were talking about this last night actually and um he had a great piece of advice and we can't for the life of us remember who it was from and i thought it was only fair if i it's a dad podcast right so i thought i should ask a dad the best advice and it is absolutely right and that is nothing lasts oh yeah so when you're in the beginning it's sleepless nights sore nipples all those things that you're like, when is this going to end? It will end. And then they start sleeping through the night. And that ain't going to last either. They'll stop sleeping through the night again. And you'll potty train them. You're like, yay! And then they'll just go backwards and they'll start wetting themselves again. So nothing lasts. So just go with the flow. Okay. Don't think, yay, we've advice. conquered it. Because it will all change again. That is good dad And advice. if it doesn't... Great. <laughs> that is very... I'm adding that to the list. That's very good advice. I think as well the same applies almost on the other side of the coin where it seems just in the blink of an eye that Evangeline kind of could sit in the palm of my hand. Yeah. And now yeah. I can barely lift off the ground. 100%. <laughs> you know, it, people say to you, no, it's going to fly, it's going to fly. And I, with my first child, I felt like my pregnancy went on forever. And I felt like the first two months went so slowly then all of a sudden she's 10 and then with with Trixie with my third my pregnancy was over in the blink of an eye and now she's three and it feels like I had her a couple of months ago like it just just got to appreciate every single thing I have said even before, the bad stuff right yeah of course I have said before I think that children have the ability to bend time <laughs> You'll put, you'll put something on pause for a second to go and change a nappy. Yeah. And then you'll look round again, it'll be nightfall and the TV's restarted up because it's been four hours. And they're eating an apple. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You haven't even got any teeth. Your children will hear this podcast back in 15 years. Oh. What would you like to say to them, Emma? I would like to say to them, when you were younger, I asked you to promise me that when you were a teenager, we would still be best friends and that you wouldn't turn into a typical teenager. And you have. <laughs> <laughs> because all parents say it, right? I say it now to my kids who are seven or ten, and I've got a niece who is 14 and she's absolutely adorable, but she started having those, like, Kevin and Perry strops. <laughs> and she's adorable and she's brilliant, but we're like, oh, don't be that teenager that strops around. You promise we'll always be best friends and there won't be strops. And they're like, yeah, mummy, we promise, we promise. But I remember Scarlett promising my sister and it just it happens doesn't it teenage years mess you up it happens it does happen hormones testosterone woo. and finally there's an old saying about having to pick your favorite child yes or no do you have a favorite child you don't have to name them when I texted you last night I said do I need to prepare anything and you sent me a few things like you know this is the rough stuff we're going to talk about. You didn't mention this. It's the final question. <laughs> it's the final question I give to all my guests on the dad pod. Do I have a favourite child? Um, no, I don't have one favourite child. I love them all, but there are certain things about each of them that I love individually. Okay. And they all have different things that are like different quirks. And I'm like, oh, you are the best at that. Like Ace is the best at kisses. It's amazing. Isabel's the best at humour. So I could never pick a favourite. Mine's the milky bar kid every time. But... 
Emma Willis, you are an absolute star for being such a wonderful guest, a fantastic mother, a wonderful wife, a fantastic daughter. No. And I look forward to spending more time with you and the family in the yes. near future. I love you. I love you too. Emma Willis, ladies and gentlemen, as I said at the very beginning of the podcast, national treasure material. And if you enjoyed this episode of My Dad Pod, don't forget to leave a nice comment and a rating. Our guest next time will be a very funny dad of two, Rob Beckett. If you have any questions for us, don't forget you are always free to email me at daveberrydadpod at gmail.com. I love to hear from you. Thanks again for listening. Listening.